Welcome to the Mindset for Runners podcast, helping you to access and unlock your true potential as an athlete. Hey everyone, it's Rob here and welcome to episode number 20. This is a follow-on from last week's episode where I unpack the ways that I either do or have done pre-race anxiety in the past. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, episode 19, definitely go back because in that episode I unpack uh, 20 ways to guarantee that you can experience pre-race anxiety. And I've had so many messages and emails. Thank you to everyone who got in contact um, who said, I can't believe that I do all these things too, or some of these things, or you've helped me realize that I, you know, I did these things, I didn't actually know it. So when you can bring something out of the darkness and into your awareness, like a, a way that you give yourself anxiety before a race, for example, it can be more than tremendously helpful, <clears throat> pardon me, to just shine the light on it and say, Oh my gosh, I'm doing this to myself. No wonder I feel the way that I do. So if you haven't listened to the, sh- to the last show, go back and listen to it uh, and, and try and relate to the ways that you might do it because that's ultimately what it's all about, to try and bring into your awareness the ways that you are um, giving yourself pre-race anxiety. So the next couple of episodes, um, I'm going to unpack how to combat it or how to uh, deal with or reduce or just even just minimize that anxiety, even just a little bit is worthwhile. So I'm just going to break down those 20 ways that I do it and um, give you some tools and strategies that I've either used or researched uh, to help you do it. So let's just get straight into it. <clears throat> Number one was, imagine that you haven't trained enough. Now, this is something that you may already be familiar with that you do. So it might be the week before the race or the night before the race. And you just start to convince yourself, <clears throat> I haven't done enough. Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I've only been doing X amount of kilometers per week instead of the kilometers that I should have been doing. Or I, I missed that week or I missed that key session. I missed that long run or that long ride or that swim. Or I didn't do enough specific hill work or I, I didn't do enough running on the road or on the, on the beach for the race I've got coming up. And then you start to go this downward spiral to convince yourself that you just haven't done enough training. So... <clears throat> I'm going to give you a few different strategies. Some of them will land with you, and you'll in this episode, some of them you'll go, oh, wow, that's, that's really good, and some of them won't land with you. So just take the stuff that works and just ditch the rest because that's what this is all about. If you can get one or two things out of these next couple of episodes, it's going to be worth it for you to just put that into your toolbox for your mental, mental uh, toolkit. So the first thing I'm going to give you is read through your training program in the week or the, you know, the night before the race or whenever you're starting to experience this. So if, if you use Final Surge or Training Peaks or Strava or whatever you use, go back and read through it and write down either your weekly mileage or the number of hours you did or the number of rides or swims or runs or whatever it is and write it out so you can show your brain that you have done the work. Now, I took this one step further. I did tell this at one of the workshops I ran a while ago. Um, I actually got my wife to read me my training plan because this is one of the things I used to do. I used to convince myself I hadn't done enough. So I got her. must have been thrilling for my wife. She must have loved it to just sit there and say, uh, on this week, you did uh, such and such number of kilometers. And then the following week, you did this. But she sat there and read it and I soaked it in. Yes, I've done the work. Yes, I've done the volume. Yes, I've done the the workouts, the speed work, the hill reps. 
and I sat there and I listened to what I'd done over the previous months um, training to really convince myself this is it. You, you have done the work, Rob. You've done it. Right. So um, next thing is, if you do this regularly, like if you get to an event regularly and you're still convincing yourself that you haven't done enough, then there's something going on. So if it's a regular thing and you <clears throat> maybe you just make up your own training programs, it's time to get a coach because you're not trusting the work that you're doing. And if you're not trusting the work that you're doing and you're regularly getting to the stage where you're, where you're experiencing this, it's time to do something different. Get a coach who knows what they're doing, who can structure a program for you so that you can leave the work to them and trust that they know what they're doing. Um, and if you, if you are following a generic training program and, and you know, you're still getting to the stage where you're like, I don't, I don't um, believe I've done enough, once again, Get a specific coach who can lead you into the event using their knowledge and experience. I can't stress that enough. <clears throat> Next tool I'm going to give you for this is there is nothing more you can do the night before the race and probably the week before the race, except for rest and, and um, look after yourself. There's nothing more you can do in those times that's going to affect your outcome the next day. So you need to trust that whatever you've done, no matter how many weeks you missed, how many key sessions you missed, how many whatevers you missed, it's all there in you and whatever you've done has to be enough. No one's ever going to have a, not, not no one, it's so rare that someone has a perfect lead in. Even the pros will tell you this. They get sick. They miss sessions. Life happens. You need to be that night before and say, whatever's happened, this is all I can do right now. It's all done and there's nothing more I can do. I need to trust that it's all inside me and go into tomorrow knowing that whatever I've done is enough. I mentioned in that last episode how your brain does these three things, deletes information, distorts information, and generalizes information. So my brain, just think about which one your brain might do more often. For example, um, if you're a deleter, so I'm a big deleter of information. Right? So it, and what I mean by that is um, if I've trained, well, I'm now in my what, uh, 14th year of running ultras. So my, but my brain will convince me that I'm still a novice, that I'm still um, haven't done enough and still, you know, right at the start. And instead of taking on more of a mindset that, you know, I'm experienced now, I, I've done this, made all the mistakes and, I've learned from them and I've, I've really started to, to just to just fine-tune the skills that I've got. But it'll just delete it all, throw it out and say, Rob, this is the first time you've ever done this 100-miler. Um, what are you thinking? And blah, 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 blah. So what, what you need to do is to keep reminding your brain of all the work that you've done. And you have to work to do this. It's like a gratitude journal. If you've ever kept the gratitude journal, it is one of the most powerful things you can do in your life to write down the things that you're grateful for. I've got an Evernote one on my phone that I do and it's such an important thing to, to, to maintain your happiness and your sense of well-being because without it, your brain's just, your ego's just going to want more and more and more and more and more but you have to work at it. You can't just write down a few things one day and expect you to, to get it through the next couple of years. You can't tell your wife, you know, you love her, um, 
10 years ago and expect that it's going to still be, be current. It doesn't work like that. And same with the brain. You, you need to convince your brain and remind it of all the work you've done. Remind it of, of the commitment that you've put in before this race. If it distorts information, it'll, it, if your brain's a big distorter, it'll say, well, yeah, I've done the training, but I, you know, I, I didn't quite do it specifically or I didn't quite do um, th- this type of training or I didn't do enough hills on the bike or I didn't do enough... Um, you know, strength work and, or I didn't do enough this, and it'll start to distort what you've done and, and make it not match what you should have done. So that's a distorted, um, how your brain distorts information. And if it's a generalizer, you'll say something like, well, yeah, I've done this, but everyone else has done the same. Everyone else is training like this. You know, there's nothing special about this. This is just a general way to train. You know, they're, they're all doing the same kind of thing. So you need to, 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 Work with those three things in your brain and combat them by saying, for example, the generalization. It's saying, I've got a specific training plan. It's for this race. It doesn't matter what I do in the first three months of my six-month training program. The specificity happens in the last you know, six weeks to eight weeks leading up to, a, for example, a trail race. It doesn't matter if I ran the road for the first three months. It matters that I did some specific trail work in the last um, you know, lead up of the six, six weeks or less. I don't have to do sauna work for for six months leading into a, a hot, you know, um, uh, come on, Rob, spit it out, into a um, a race like if you're racing in Cairns Ironman or if you're doing Badwater Ultra Marathon or if you're ra- racing in, you know, Marathon, Marathon de Sable in the in Morocco, in the in Sahara. You don't need to do six months of sauna work. You need to do the sauna work in, in the last push, the last specific point. So you really need to, to work on releasing the generalizations of what you've done and showing your brain what you're actually doing. This is a constant practice. It's not something that you do once. And that's why having that mindset plan alongside your, your physical training plan is so, 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 so important. All right, let's move on to number two. The number two thing I mentioned in the previous one was, um, imagine you're completely underprepared. This is kind of related to number one. Um, but, what I kind of meant by underprepared was um, you haven't packed your race gear properly. You haven't practiced changing a tire on the bike. You haven't practiced what happens if your goggles get knocked off in the swim. You haven't practiced if you, you know, break a shoelace or you have cold weather. You haven't practiced with that new training pack, that you, uh, running pack that you're running the ultra with. You haven't tried the new brand of nutrition. Um, and you're underprepared because these things are all within our control. If you're trying a new sports drink or if you're trying a new um, nutrition plan, it should be tried weeks before the race. Not, not in the race, definitely not in the race and definitely not just before the race. So these are the things that are 100% in your control. On the day, stuff's going to happen that you can't control. You know, a mechanical on the bike or, or something that happens that just completely throws um, a spanner in the works that you can't control. But there's so much the stuff that you can control that that'll give you confidence if you prepare that well before race day so have all that gear you can tested uh, tested worn in your new shoes um try the new pair of shorts all that kind of stuff that you prepared if you're doing a long ultra on your own you drop bags you know what's going in them you know um where you're going to put them if you're um it's a new course that you're unfamiliar with you know okay this is about knowing yourself too but 
I like to know the course. Like if I'm doing a race, race, I like to drive as much as the course or, or train on the course as much as I can. And if not, I'll use Google Maps um, to have a look at it, a street view, all that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll measure the distance from the turn to the turnaround or to from, you know, the, the turn off to the, to the trail or whatever so that I know when I get there on race day, I'm familiar and it's not something that I'm ill-prepared for. So preparation is one of the ways to reduce your anxiety immensely. And, and there's so many different ways that you can do it. So you know, if you want to, the best way to do this is write down the things you can control and the things you can't control in an event and then work on all those things, the drop bags, your gear and your nutrition, your, um, your music playlist if, if, if you're into that. Like all this stuff that you can control, get a handle on it, get a checklist and get it right so you don't have to think about it on race day. Um, yeah, spare clothes, spare tubes, all that kind of stuff. Make sure it's all done before the night before, obviously. Uh, number three, number three was imagine, I think I you said I imagine I was getting sick. Funnily enough, I was sick the day before my last race. Um, even when my mate got there, he goes, gee, you look terrible. You look all white and pale. I said, yeah, I don't, I don't feel very good. And I, and I worked out how I dealt with this. You know, you need to understand yourself to be able to, um, what I'm going to throw at you for this one, but knowing yourself and how your risk profile works and your beliefs and all that about being sick and racing sick and all that, um, you need to understand a bit about yourself because you might take this the wrong way. But I knew I wasn't feeling great. I did have um, a bit of a cold coming on, headache, sore throat. It wasn't COVID. I'd already gone through that. But um, uh, I've learned over the years, this might sound a bit weird, but I'm going to delay that sickness. So I, I just tell myself, I'm not getting, this is not going to stop me. I'm not going to get sick today. Um, I'll do my race and get sick in the next couple of days. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the, the week after I ended up did, I ended up, you know, getting, coming down with the, that cold quite badly. But, but take this on board if, if it lands for you. <laughs> Depending on your risk profile again and your understanding of it, and of course, depending on how bad the, the illness is, but are you really going to let a little cold stop you from doing the race you've been prepared for, preparing for for six months? And that that really is the question um, that I asked. So, um, and of course, if it's something serious, please look after yourself first because there's always going to be another race. What do they say? Opportunities are like buses. There's always another one coming around the corner. I have raced with the flu. It was my only DNF, and it was a, in the end. You could say it was a bad decision, but you know I still. Got a lot out of that race, I, um, even though I started on the start line with influenza. Um, it probably wouldn't do it nowadays, but in, in, you know, when I did it, it was the decision that I made, and, and I didn't want to regret not having a crack, um, and I ended up having to DNF at the 100k mark of a 100 miler. Um, but anyway, that, that's, 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 again, it's your race, your risk profile, but the imagining of getting sick is the way that I do the anxiety. But you need to stop the thought and stop the imagination and query it and question it and then combat it with something else. And the combat one that I suggest here is, am I really going to let this, so what if I'm sick? Am I really going to let this um, stop me? All right, I'm going to do one more for this podcast and then I'm going to, um, I'll split it up into, into two or three more just so you can get the most out of, out of these combat ones. Because I, I really hope you're taking down some notes and, and something to help you because what I learned through during the last couple of weeks since I did the last one is how many of us <laughs> experience this pre-race anxiety. And 
um, we can work together to 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 reduce it at least or or get rid of it at best. Um, and even me just writing down all these things that I do has been tremendously therapeutic for me because it's given me the awareness of it instead of all running automatically in the background and and me feeling like it's happening to me instead of I'm doing it myself. So number four was focus on a niggle or or an injury and then I project it forward into a DNF. So you know sometimes, and Jay Gaffey in the interview I did with her a few episodes ago talked about the taper tantrums and a lot of people actually develop a niggle in the taper tantrums. So taper tantrums are those last two weeks when you're reducing your volume and <laughs> a lot of people will start to feel a bit of tightness or a twinge or something. Like, oh, no, I didn't even realize I had that injury. Then they, or, and I do this as well. I, um, I didn't know that I had that, you know, little twinge in my adductor. And then I start thinking, oh, that's going to really cause me problems at the X kilometer mark. And I start to project in the race. Oh, how am I going to finish this race if I'm starting the race? Not 100%. Blah, 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 blah. So, like the. Like the sickness one, the first question is, are you really going to stop a little niggle from stopping you from doing the race you've been preparing for? The second thing is, it's probably psychosomatic. <laughs> if you're resting and you're developing niggles, then you know what? It's probably, it's probably all in your brain. So you, you need to question those niggles and the, the validity of them. Um, and also, if you are starting the race with a pre-existing niggle, or an injury, then there's a term I'm going to throw at you now that can pretty much run through a lot of this anxiety, pre-race anxiety stuff. And the word is acceptance. Can you accept that you have this niggle and perform anyway? Can you accept that you haven't done the training and perform at your best anyway? Can you accept that... Um, you haven't prepared properly or, you know, you might be sick or you don't know the course or it's too hot, you don't like the heat, you don't like the cold. When you can get to that place, that's when you can start to dissolve the pre-race anxiety because that word is really a a huge, huge antidote um, to anxiety because if we go back to anxiety being trying to control something in the future that you can't control or imagining a future that you don't want to experience, then the acceptance of all of the things that you're telling yourself or you think are going to create that future is such a powerful place to start. And when you can get to that place, for example, I have a sore knee leading into this race. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to strap it. I'm going to, you know, um, look look after it however I can. But ultimately, can I get myself to a place where, you know what, I, I have this and it's okay. And this is what I've been given for this race. And this is what I'm going to perform with in this race. And that's okay. And when you can get yourself to that place, the anxiety will dial right down because you get back to a, a state of, you know, taking your power back instead of giving it to some imaginary future, imaginary DNF, imaginary battling out in the course or getting overtaken or blah, 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 all that stuff you're telling yourself. I'm going to leave this episode here. I hope you got something out of it. Um, please take 
a minute to reflect on a few of these things and take one thing out of it that can help you reduce your pre-race anxiety. And I'll continue working through these. And the reason that I'm doing quite a short episode and working through them is this is so critically important to a mindset plan. When you can stop your brain from running away or telling yourself these stories and you can bring it back to the things you can control, to who you are, to take your power back, that's when you're going to have um, the race that you know, you're know you really prepared to have and you can really reach your potential. All right, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Mindset for Runners podcast. I hope you got something useful and practical out of this episode. If you have a question around the mindset of runners or athletes in general, please email me athlete.mindset.training at gmail.com and I'll answer your question on an upcoming podcast. And if there's anyone you know who could benefit from the information I share in these podcasts, please share it with them. See you next time.